keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Go listen to the outro if you want to connect and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we talk about our most intimate interactions in an effort to lead better laid lives. And my guest today, I am very excited to introduce to you, is Maddie. Welcome. Hi, I'm Maddie. Oh my God. I'm excited. Will you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? (laughs) Yeah, I am an actress. I've been out here in Los Angeles for about three years. I just got done with school in February. Uh, I'm a hostess at Denny's at night. Great. Yeah, catch me with those grand slams. Love. I'm kind of artistic all around. I love drawing. I love dancing. I'm a huge freaking nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of nerd? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Where do I even begin with that? Uh, it started with anime in middle school, and now it's just kind of become whatever RPG video game catches my interest. Love. Yeah. And like, Computer or console? Computer. Okay. Yeah. Real nerd. Yeah, yeah. Super nerd. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had to explain Steam to somebody in my <laughs> Uber today, and he's like, I have no idea what that is. And I'm like, yeah, That is well, not a gamer. That's not that's someone who's not even gamer adjacent. Uh, the guy had a Tesla. It was wild. Huh. Yeah. That's uh-huh. like the second time I've gotten into a Tesla. If we're an, an Uber? Uber? Yeah. It's like t- a little scary because I go to reach for the door handle, and then it's like not there. But then suddenly it's like, shit, and there's a door mm-hmm, handle. Mm-hmm, I'm like, oh, we is are this what's happening? It was a pool. Yeah. That's wild to y- me. Yeah. What is your gender identity and what pronouns do you use? I identify as female and I use she, her. Excellent. Yep. And what is your sexual orientation? I currently identify as like gray ace, asexual. I certainly was more asexual a few years, like before I came to Los Angeles. <laughs> I was more ace. <laughs> um, Can but, you explain that for our listeners who might be wondering what the heck you mean? Yeah, okay. Oh, boy. Here's asexuality. Yeah, please. Do so, more teaching as if you don't have to do enough already. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little, little definition. Okay, so asexuality is when a person doesn't feel, literally doesn't feel sexual attraction to other people. And there's asexuality, which, it you know, relates to sexual attraction, sexual feelings. But there's also aro aromantic which Mm -hmm. is when you are when you don't feel romantic feelings Mm -hmm. for people and it's kind of in the spec some people are aro ace some people do feel romantic feelings and are asexual they don't have sexual feelings and that is kind of where i am right now i've always had the romantic feelings like Mm -hmm. for men specifically okay and um but i haven't the sexual sexual part never really clicked for me Mm. yeah what are your feelings around that? And or maybe what were they like growing up? Like what was your journey with it? Good grief. Um, well, <laughs> my whole relation with sexuality has kind of been, it's hit me kind of in stages where as a kid, I was like, okay, I understand that this is a thing adults do. Mm-hmm. This is an adult thing and it doesn't concern me. But once I started getting like into even middle school, people would, you know, the jokes started happening. It was such a shift between elementary and middle school. It was mm. the biggest freaking culture shock of like my life. Really? It was like, it was so innocent for me in elementary school. I was into SpongeBob. Yeah. I was into Zach and Cody. Like yeah. it was a fun, I, you know, I started drawing. Like it was really chill. I got to middle school and I had to learn what an orgasm was. And I was like, what is 
happening? What is going on? It was, and <laughs> it was wild. I'm guessing you went to public school? Yeah. Well, it was a magnet school. A magnet school. So okay. it was like, it was a magnet art school. And so what it part wasn't, of the country did you grow up in? For I grew up in Tampa, Florida. Okay. For like 20 years. And then okay. I moved out here. Um, so it was a magnet art school, which means that people from the, it there were people that went for, it was the neighborhood school, but mm-hmm. then there were also like the other half of the school came for the art department. Okay. And that's what I did. I came originally because I was doing ballet when I was a kid. Whoa. Yeah. I Whoa. did ballet, uh, when I, from when I was almost seven until sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. So I did it for like a solid amount of time. Um, so I originally went to art school for dancing, but through that I ended up falling in love with drawing mm-hmm. and um, acting. I started getting into acting in middle school and trying that, and I got into like orchestra at one point. Ah, so. What did you play? Violin. <gasps> I was a cellist. Ooh. I still am sometimes. Cat. Oh, Muse. <laughs> Muse is mad because I was in New York for a week, so even though he had really nice people <laughs> staying with him, He's making it known that he's aware that I was gone. So I'm just gonna give He him needs an episode love. to talk. Yeah. Because well, he certainly will fill the time. Oh my god. <laughs> you can't even you don't even have balls. Big meow. Oh god. Yeah, he's he's so talkative. Okay, stop interrupting, please. So middle school, I'm wondering middle school wise, if there is a big difference either in how cool you were or possibly the role technology has played because we have six-ish, seven years between us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that... It, that <laughs> What was happening then was are different? You, yeah, I mean, you're the cusp of Generation Z. Like, you're maybe the end of millennial or yeah, beginning of Generation end, Z. Yeah, you're the end, I think, yeah. Like, you're, I think you're, yeah, you're very cuspy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in that time... What age did you get a phone? I was in sixth grade. Yeah. Because I was taking like a two hour bus ride. Yeah. And my parents were like, okay, you probably need a phone. Yeah. And I did. And I used the phone. Shout out to my brothers who were uh, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, I had that rose pink razor flip phone. Yep. It was my first phone. Yep. Okay. So what else do you remember about middle school and about those early kind of, you said you had to figure out what an orgasm was? It was so weird. Like it was just, Almost like I was thrust into this culture that I never asked for. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of, not ignored, but I didn't realize was such a big part of human existence. Mm. And then it just got worse in high school because people were getting pregnant. Yeah. And honestly, my whole life, I kind of just sat here and I was like, I'm sure it'll happen when I meet the right person. Like, I'm sure I'll feel something. Because I'd had crushes. I had my first crush in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. I was so into this guy for like a year. Yeah. And then he was gone in seventh grade, and I liked another guy. And then he came back in eighth grade, and I was like, oh, there are the feelings again. Mm. Same person. Like, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I've always, like, had crushes on guys. Yeah. And I've wanted to be near them and hang out with them and get to know them. And it's just been very, very, very fluffy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was uh, very odd going into high school, and suddenly it just it just kind of got deeper you mm-hmm. know people were talking more about it and it was so normal mm-hmm. to just yeah i figured it, it felt it did feel like everybody was doing something or at least interested in something yeah and i was just not part of this club that everybody else was yeah did you talk about it with your friends or was it more like observant and oh yeah yeah extremely every time a subject like that came up i had nothing to contribute mm. to I, i'd shut down mm. i hadn't i didn't know how to talk about it at all mm-hmm. and if I do, nowadays, I'm more, 
I'm more open mm-hmm. with talking about sexuality and my own sexuality mm-hmm. because while I'm not, <laughs> we're getting deep, not let's deep, do but it. no, let's go all the way. While I'm not fucking people, I know how to take care of myself. Okay. You know, when? and like, I can't just as a disclaimer, my asexuality is not every asexuality. I'm so glad you said that out yes. loud. How comfortable do you feel sharing with us the details of your asexuality? Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it'll be <laughs> question by question, and I'll just kind of assess real quick in my head, like, mm-hmm. am I cool with this? Yeah. Sure, let's go ahead. So you touch yourself? Yeah. When did that start? Uh, 18. Okay. That was the first time ever. And what inspired those initial touchings? Very odd. I don't remember why mm-hmm. I was just like alone in my bedroom one night and I was like, this is a thing I could do. Mm-hmm. This is a thing I could always do. Yeah. Like I have permission to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'd never questioned that about myself, mm. which was so weird. I, once I thought about it, I was like, why have I never thought about this ever until now? He 18, you know, like yeah. in high school, senior year. Yeah. Now, why am I just now thinking of this whole whole thing? But I do pride myself on it only took me two times to figure it out. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of myself for that one. <laughs> That's so interesting. And then, so to, by figure it out, I assume you mean to orgasm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is your relationship with having orgasms? How does it feel to you emotionally and physically? It has changed. Ooh, will you take us through the journey? From the first time I've done it to now, and it's still. And the thing that has changed is my amount of shame around. Because, and it started very small too. Like, even just thinking about it, sometimes I felt shame. I felt gross. You know, I felt kind of like, you know, just kind of like, what am I doing? Like, Mm -hmm. this is, it made me feel disgusting for Mm -hmm. some reason. But... (laughs) <laughs> the more I did it, the more I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. It feels good. And I just, it started to just become more normal. Mm-hmm. And the more things I tried, like if, if every time I tried a new thing, I feel disgusting about it. Really? Yes. Okay. And then it took me, you know, trying, maybe try it again, maybe try it a little different next time. And just kind of being open with my body. Yeah. And now it's, you know, there's still some shame sometimes, but it's I, much I don't less know if any of us are shame-free. To. Yeah. <laughs> if you're shame-free out there, please let me know what that's like. Like, completely yeah, shame-free. Yeah, sounds nice. That Can sounds I sign great. up for that subscription? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shame-free? Yeah. Yep. Like, shameless, great. But, like, zero shame? Zero? Please tell us how. <laughs> <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. Tell comment, us how you don't subscribe. have shame. Just, yeah, just let us know. Brag about it from the rooftops and maybe we can learn. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my phone's vibrating, and I'm like, oh. why is the whole... Ca- God, it's just K-pop. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Speaking of K-pop, K-pop's also kind of had, like, a shift. It's it's helped... It's kind of made me more gray. <laughs> tell me that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and will you tell us about gray, using the term gray? Gray is just when... It's kind of a blanket term for, like, you are ace, but it's a little unsure. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, your circumstances kind of can change sometimes. Like, there's gray for... Uh, asexuals that sometimes have that feeling, but very, very seldom, mm-hmm. or in a very specific circumstance. And um, what distinguishes that is 
it's not like a natural occurrence, like an everyday thing for asexuals to think, maybe, you know, think about sex as often as like yeah. a normal person would, or it doesn't occur to them as often. Like I've, I thought I was just gullible and like oblivious as a kid, but I think it's just that my brain wasn't there. In terms of what? People would make jokes uh-huh. or make innuendos. And I was just like, I don't get what? it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, People mm-hmm. are like, you're playing innocent. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And yeah. like, it, as a kid, I kind of, you know, like as a teenager, I kind of played off that like, oh my God, I'm innocent and I'm cute. And, I'm bleh, and now yeah, I'm like yeah, disgusted yeah. by that. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. I just didn't know what was going on. And I thought it was funny that I was getting attention for it. Oh, that's. That's so interesting that you say that. And you just brought up a memory that I have really? not shared on this podcast. Ooh. When I was 14 years old. God, why have I not even thought about this? <laughs> Revelations. I played water polo and the boys on the water polo team thought it was hilarious to flash this at me. Ugh. So for those of you who are not watching the YouTube video, I am making uh, the shocker, which mm-hmm. is, how do I describe this? My pointer finger and middle finger are up and my ring finger is touching my thumb and my pinky is up. So Mm -hmm. uh, I had no idea what it meant and the boys would all flash it at me and I just remember like loving the attention and knowing it was sex related because they would like whisper about it and then eventually they were like, it's for two in the pink, one One in in the the stink. stink. Hilariously, today I would probably fucking love that. Like (laughs) no one has tried to shocker me recently. Like I'm sure my master used to do different versions of that but like literally just in this moment reflecting upon that uh-huh. and reflecting upon how good the attention made me feel mm-hmm. and i've been lately kind of just like wondering about my wide boundaries because they're apparently much wider than most people i meet so, you know like i feel very open in many ways and um <laughs> why am i doing this i'm making double i'm making double shocker fingers for <laughs> some reason <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's so interesting because for me, there was some level of lack of awareness, but once I started becoming aware, I was like, I want Mm -hmm. this. Like, I was such a horny kid. Like, I was, in some ways, I feel like I was perhaps the opposite. I was just Mm -hmm. like four years old and in my car seat with that buckle between my legs being like, hello. Interesting. (laughs) So what I'm hearing is that interest in attention and maybe human connection, mm-hmm. but just the absence of the sexual aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, it's very odd. What's kind of been the pattern for me is that even if I like somebody, like I've had, oh my God, I've had the biggest crushes, you know, on people. And no matter what, I was, it was so confusing because I cared. There was, I'm thinking specifically about one person, <laughs> You could, if you could tell. Uh, I had this. I had this crush in high school that, like, it was arguably a first love. But mm. I, I, I hate saying that. It's like uh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I cared about him so fucking much. And but no matter what, like, the idea of like having sex with him was just like not something I was interested in. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be around him all the time. I loved talking to him. Oh, I waited for him in the mornings when he. I got off the bus. And he came through the car line and he would go to like the art department in high school and mm-hmm. drop his stuff off. And I looked forward to seeing him every single morning walk by. But never was I like, I want to do, you know, anything with your genitals and mine. Right. Can I ask questions about other physical things? Yeah. For example, do you like 
cuddling and snuggling and touches? <sighs> it's very specific. Um, and I say that, you know, at the beginning I mentioned that I'm kind of, I feel like I'm drifting into a gray area mm -hmm. as opposed to just an ace area because I've been reading uh, Come As You Are. <gasps> okay, mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, because my therapist uh, was like, try reading this. Mm -hmm. Just love that book. I, I fucking great. love that book. I'm not even halfway through it and I'm like, oh my God, I'm learning so much. And it's not even just about sex. Mm -hmm. It's about all of your mental facilities. Yeah, and, and just for me, there's like this layer of self-care and self-awareness yes. and self-love self totally, and self-acceptance yeah. and just the like okayness. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love having those moments where I'm reading and I'm like, this is me. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Understanding. Yeah. Um, so I've been reading that and kind of just, it's really interesting reading about like what she describes as the accelerators mm -hmm. and the, the sexual breaks and, you know, what trauma can do, mm -hmm. you know, to play into that. And, um, you know, I, I've had a therapist, I had a therapist for a little while and I had to take a break because of finances. Mm -hmm. But, um, she just kind of was saying to me, you know, if it was under your circumstances, would you be okay attempting things, new mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. or just open to it? Mm -hmm. And I think possibly. Mm -hmm. I don't know, though, because I haven't really been in the situation quite yet. Yeah. I've that had one boyfriend sense. my whole life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like 17, and it was it was a first relationship. Do you want to say a little more about it? Um, I had my first kiss Okay. when I was 17 with him. What did you feel about it, if you can remember? <laughs> yeah, this, this is juicy stuff. It's huge. I, I, he kissed me, and then I had an anxiety attack. What, it, what happened in the anxiety attack? I just kind of got tunnel vision, and I, my heart was racing, and I just started feeling shaky, and then my breathing came along with it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, let's go for a walk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he didn't force me to talk about it, which was really nice. Like, okay. for our first relationship, he was fantastic. Yeah. He was a really sweet guy. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. He really cared about me. You know, we dated for like two months, and then I ended up breaking up with him because I was like, I I wasn't feeling it. Mm -hmm. And I think the moment I knew I wasn't feeling it was like, I was over at his place once, and his parents, nobody was home. Mm -hmm. And it was just me and him. And there was something in the kiss that seemed like he definitely wanted more. He was just kind of trying. I could tell he was yeah. trying to deepen it a little bit. Yep. And I was like, breaks, 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 yeah. reverse, reverse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, I have to do I have to end this like tonight. Mm. Um, so I felt so bad. I told him I was sick. I told him I had a stomach ache and I really wanted to go home. Yeah. Because I didn't know how – I'd never done anything like this. I'd never even had a boyfriend. So I was I like, hear you. I don't know what to do about it. It was like 3 in the morning. Yeah. All my friends were asleep. I couldn't ask anybody. I was yeah. with him. I didn't want to like go outside or go to the bathroom and like bother somebody and be like, how do I break up with this guy? Yeah. So I just kind of was like, oh, my God, I'm on my own with this one. But he drove me home and I ended up breaking up with him. And he was really upset about it and I felt so – the worst guilt mm. ever. It was so bad. What was the guilt? Was the guilt related to breaking up with him or was it related to the physical stuff? It was related to hurting his feelings. Mm, okay. Yeah, he was he was really broken up about yeah. it and I just felt so bad because I thought he was a sweet guy. Yeah, And of course. I hate, you know, whenever somebody like, 
And I'm not saying like, oh my God, guys confess to me all the time and I'm just not into it. Yeah. But whenever every once in a while, someone will confess to me and they're a genuinely sweet person. And like, I'd love to get to know them as friend, but I'm yeah. not into them. Mm-hmm. Then I feel so bad saying I'm sorry, but I'm not. But I'm that not is the it. kindest thing you can do. Yeah. It's, yeah. You're not going to lead people. I'm on. certainly, I, I'm trying my best. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the guilt was just around hurting him mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like that night I didn't sleep a wink. I just laid in bed and I was like crying. And I remember the first thing that made me laugh was a uh, YouTube poop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was just like, I, I'm not yes. sleeping tonight. It's not happening. So I was just scrolling through my phone and I found a YouTube poop that somebody had shared. And it was just like, I don't even know who she is. Like some lady named Sandra on a cooking show. And the kid, <laughs> the show was called like Sandra Talks Dirty. Oh my God. And she's just like, waving around like a cucumber and oh my god it's, it was hilarious. the stupidest it, but i was like that night for the first time i was l- crying but i was it's because i was laughing so yeah. hard and i was yeah. like okay and once that was out i could finally sleep wow. and it was like seven in the morning so that experience happened when you were 17 yes and i don't think we've said for our listeners when did you officially if there's an officialness to it start to identify as ace Maybe around, I want to say like between somewhere between eighteen nineteen. Okay, because and here I still remember exactly how it happened too, mm. like how it was brought up to me back in Florida. I was in. I'm also the kind of nerd that goes to conventions Ooh, and cosplays. Great, and I love it. It's mm-hmm, so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's like a guilty pleasure, but I'm not really guilty about it anymore. I've been doing love. it long enough. I don't really care anymore. Amazing. We were at a rehearsal for one of the shows because in Florida, fun fact, you can. They basically write fan fictions with all these char- like a bunch of characters, and they just put it in one show. Oh my god! And that's nerds so can fun. go and watch their favorite characters. That's amazing. Do stuff, yeah. But I was uh, at rehearsal for this show, and we were. It was lunch. We were just shooting the shit, and one of our friends goes, "When you first met me, like, uh, what, what do I, what did I look like to you? Like, do I seem straight? Do I seem bi? Do I seem gay? Blah blah blah." And I was like, um. I, you know, I had mentioned at some point that I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm straight, whatever. And my best friend, still one of my best friends, uh, they, they looked right at me and this is the voice I use every time I tell the story. And they went, I don't know, Maddie, you kind of strike me as an asexual. (laughs) And I was like. I'm laughing at the voice and your face. I'm laughing at the voice and your face. (laughs) Not at the asexual part, just to be clear. Oh, yeah, you're good. Um, (laughs) I figure because, like, that voice kind of has to accompany it every time I tell the story because that's just part of it at this point. Shout out to my bird. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, that was the first time I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. I thought that was like a Tumblr made up of sexuality, you know, at the time. Yeah. Um, And they were like, no. It's, you know, maybe you should look into it a little bit. And I'm just, like, thinking about it a lot. And I'm like, you know, what does this mean? Like, I literally sat on asexuality for, like, a year Mm -hmm. going, my whole life has been a fucking lie. Mm. That was so existential for, like, when I just got out of high school. Yeah. And now my friend was like, you could be asexual. And that could explain a lot about why you haven't even had this thought ever. Do you remember the feelings around this? Oh my god! Discovery and questioning. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for that year, it was awful. I felt like I didn't know myself. I felt mm. like 
my whole life I told myself that it was going to happen eventually. It'll happen eventually. I'm just straight. It's fine. Everything. It's, I'm just like everybody else. Yeah. But then the possibility that I'm just not that at all. Yeah. And I could be something completely different that I didn't even consider. Yeah. Was mortifying. I felt like I was looking into a pit. What did you think it might mean for your life? Oh my God. I didn't find out until that year later that sexuality was a fluid thing. Mm. I thought if you, like the way you were born, how you are now is how you're going to be your whole life. For the rest of forever. Yeah. That's, that's genuinely what I thought. I was like, I'm straight and that's just how it's going to be always. And I'll find somebody eventually, I guess. Yeah. That, and it was just yeah. really uncertain and I just didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and also when, you know, the asexuality was brought up, I didn't know much about it at all. Like yeah. I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't know jack shit. So I just assumed asexual means I'm never going to find anybody. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to want me. And that was even more terrifying because Ugh. I'm... One of my goals is to have somebody to spend my life with. Yeah. I, that is, and that is it's, something that yeah, is like, like heavily pushed on us societally. Right. So that even if that, like I have been sitting with myself questioning that, like, is that a thing I actually want? Right. And some know. people, they don't. And some that's people f- don't. Fantastic. Yeah. But it's, but we live in a society that is built for twosomes, like built for twosomes. Right. Oh yeah. Financial, just every, in every way. Mm-hmm. So after you had this, it sounds like a year-ish, a few months of kind of like thinking about this. Fighting it. Fighting it. Fighting it. Was there a moment where you came to terms with it? Yeah. My, I had like two really good friends. One of them was the one that told me about the asexuality. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I believe we had, a, we had a group chat on Facebook, me and my two other friends. Mm-hmm. And um, they ended up putting a link into the group chat about um, asexuality.org, which is just the ace website, mm-hmm. which I could have easily Googled myself, but I was too scared. And totally. Y- it was like I was avoiding it and all it's those kinds of stuff. giant big thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my friend was like, just read this, check it out. And it was, oh my, that was the turning point, was when I went through that page and they defined it for me. And they had accounts of other ace people mm. and their accounts were exactly what I was thinking, what I'd always been thinking. And the biggest thing that stuck out to me was that somebody described themselves as broken. And that is what I'd been thinking about myself for that whole year. Wow. Was that I'm just, something happened to me and I can't be fixed and nobody's going to want me. Holy fuck. Yeah. Are you able to articulate or willing to articulate why that message was in your brain? Um, Because sex is so important in our society. And sex is so important sometimes to men. And I'm straight. And it just felt like like a totally doomed. Like, I honestly, like, if I were, (laughs) sometimes I'm like, if I were more queer, I'd probably be better off finding a partner. Mm. Because I... Like I have such a terror, like men. I've had, like I've had so many bad experiences with men, but I still like that's what I'm attracted to. I'm attracted to men. Can you share with us some of the bad experiences? Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, just the run of the mill, like men being pigs on the street sometimes. Mm. Men being pigs at the place I work at. When I was in therapy, I kind of realized that every experience I've had with a guy 
hasn't been my choice. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, it was kind of pushed upon me. A well, bit. especially if you are a person that is not leading with sex. Yes. Yeah. So it's just, again, coming back to gray is I think that I just need a very specific setting and I need trust mm -hmm. and I need somebody who is willing to go very, very slow with me. Do you think you would be articulating that verbally? Like what does very, very slow look like? What is the setting? Like let's, let's, yeah. Let's put that fantasy out into the world. <laughs> um, well, I hmm, – how do I introduce this? There's also a kind of branch of asexuality called mm -hmm. demisexuality, which is you – a person experiences sexual desire after establishing a really strong emotional connection mm -hmm. with someone. Mm -hmm. And that could take – Months to years, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like first, second, third date, okay, let's have sex. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's kind of what distinguishes the demisexuality and a normal sexuality is, you know, a normal sexuality could happen rather quick. And as long as you're being safe, you know, you can do what you want. Mm -hmm. But demisexuality takes time and mm. trust and a really rooted, like, relationship before somebody can start feeling that way. And I think that's kind of where I'm heading. Mm is I at least know that I need to be really emotionally connected to somebody and, tr and deeply trust somebody. Yeah. Um, I think another thing that was really important that um, my therapist had brought up was that I was setting the pace. And yeah. if something's going to happen, I need to be the one to initiate it. Yeah. Because this whole time, it's, it hasn't really been me initiating anything. It's just... It happens, and then the another reason why I loved um, the book "Come as You Are." Yeah, is she talks about fight, flight, freeze. Yeah, and I, it made me realize that with whenever I get into situations, sometimes like in, intimate situations with men, mm -hmm. the freeze kicks in. Mm. What What does that feel like for you? Jail in my own body, <sighs> and it's like such chaos because I'm like I I desperately don't want to be there or be in that situation, but my body won't move and I can't, I, I, I like, I just shut down. Like I can't speak. Is, oh my God. I just kind of like, it's so weird. It's like, you know, she, yeah. she mentioned that like the fight is when you feel like you could fight your way out of a, a near death situation. The I'm flight is when you can, yeah, I'm for sure. A fight. Like I, especially lately on the street. Now I will say, I have the privilege of never having had any sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. That's not something that, I mean, enough women can say, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. yeah. When I'm walking around on the streets of downtown Los Angeles and people are assholes, when they try to grab me, when they come too close to me, when they brush past me, I fucking yell at them. Wow. Like in these insane ways where I'm just like, oh, oh was that me? What did I do? Oh, I fantasize cool. about yelling at people that do that shit to me. It is so fucking gratifying. I will say, oh, maybe I should just like invite people. We should go to a field or a desert or something and just <laughs> practice yelling. I don't yeah. know. It's so. And it's not like I did anything to be that way. Mm -hmm. That's just like what comes out of right, me. Because yeah, I'm just like so That's furious. like, what is it? Instinct. Yeah, yeah. That is my like just initial response. Mm -hmm. So you have felt that freeze response. It sounds like more than once. Oh, yeah. 
So you have been in jail in your body more than once. Yeah. What do you do? What happens next? How do you take care of yourself? Um, Can you? It's like a, afterwards, it's like a few days of just kind of like regaining mm-hmm. control. Um, it's just kind of like numb for a little bit, but then, you know, I, I, I come back and it's okay. But um, just those, when it does happen, it's so crippling and I never want to feel like that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it's not even like the guy's fault sometimes. It's just like. Um, even sometimes they just show interest and I'm, I'm alone with them and it makes me nervous and it makes me so nervous that I just clam up and I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, but it it was, I had like an experience like that, I think last year. And that was when I was like, I think I need to go to therapy. Mm. (laughs) I really want to fix this because I feel not fix. Mm. I don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like that using is, that word. That's it's the not language like, that the society right. forces upon us. Mm-hmm. So here's a question. Yeah. What are you exploring? Like in your own brain, in your own heart, what was it that made you want to go to therapy? What is it that makes you want to read it come as you are? My biggest, uh, the biggest thing I want to accomplish by kind of learning more about myself and kind of trying to help myself through the anxiety is that it's, what pushed me to go was that it's affecting my acting. And that was. Wow. I figured that out when I went to school mm-hmm. is first semester I was put in a scene. I didn't even know I had this problem until I went to college. Yeah. I was put in a scene where I had to kiss somebody and I was like, fuck, <laughs> I'm really not okay with this. Mm. I'm really not okay with this, but I had to do it for the scene. And it was just, I wanted to escape my Whoa. body. It was, it's the worst. Yeah. And then in like my third semester, I had a scene that was even more even even deeper intimately and yeah there were sexual undertones and i had been thinking about it and like dreading it and sleeping on it for like a week so when the dress rehearsal came or the demo came i don't even remember what happened but which one it was but um i and luckily like my scene partner was a friend Mm -hmm. and he's lovely sweet person we're still friends like it it blew over i just had a freak out totally but um I'm doing this scene in class and I go to kiss him and suddenly my body's like, we're not doing it anymore. You're shutting down. And I just went into panic attack in wow. front of my freaking class and my teacher in the round. <laughs> yeah. And it was awful. I had to go to like, I just had to, I couldn't continue the scene. So I had to like go to the bathroom, cry it out, try to breathe. And I haven't done a romantic scene since then. And I think that was uh uh fall of 2016 wow yeah i just haven't touched it yeah but um it's not exactly the easiest thing to expose yourself to like no it's not how do you practice that like well so i actually have been thinking of hosting scene study classes where mm -hmm. i hold space for a very small number of people actors specifically to work on sex scenes because it's like not a thing that we my imagining is it would start with monologue work do you think you would be interested in scene work where you're not physically interacting with another person, but you are, for example, playing a dominatrix or playing a character? Like, would that be? I think that'd be a good, first a fun step. way for you to explore. Yeah, um, I think I would still struggle with it, but totally. not nearly as much as if I had a partner with me. It sounds like that physical contact is so activating 
you know, yeah, it's, it's it is completely like you shouldn't be in my space. Yeah, but yeah, I'm trying to work on that a little bit. <laughs> does it feel like you're pressuring yourself, or does it feel like it's an okay thing to work on? Um, I don't really know where to draw the line. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind totally. of questionable. I, I, it, I am stuck between. Do I help myself by trying to push myself little by little or yeah. do I not push myself because I could hurt myself? Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of at the point where I'm not pushing myself because I don't want to do anything that I'm going to regret. I mean, you know, that's how everybody works. They don't they don't want to regret something, so they just don't do it. Yeah. Well, but I will reflect to you. It's not like you're doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You tried the scene. You had a panic attack. Yeah. Yes, it was three years ago, but like. You're in therapy. Mm-hmm. You're reading a book. You're thinking about it. You're talking about it. Fireworks? fireworks? Probably okay. fireworks. I saw it in the mirror first. Yeah. I was like, was that really what I think it was? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the, one of the great things about downtown LA. Fireworks year-round for no reason. Fantastic. It's more a 4th of July, but, you know. And it- I'm a little upset that you saw it and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was kind of cute. <laughs> Do you have a group of friends who's asexual have you gone to are there community events mixers there is a like an asexuality los angeles that i joined before i came out here but i haven't gone into any of the meetings yet Mm -hmm. because i'm nervous about going by myself do you want me to go with you i know i'm not asexual is that okay yeah probably go with you if you ever want i just have to push myself and i'm not sure i'm not the thing is i can't tell how functional it is either i can't tell if like people go you know or if people oh, get I know. anything out of it. I, it doesn't seem like a very active Facebook group. So I'm also like, okay, okay. am I going to get anything out of this? I can't tell. There might be one somewhere. I mean, right. I, I've been like vaguely exploring poly meetups and kinks. Like mm-hmm. just like literally on meetup.com and people talk about, you know, they talk about stuff. But I, I haven't ventured out yet because mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not ready to meet people that way. I've explored with dating apps. What just, is that like? Uh, and what sort of information do you put? about yourself and what do you put you're looking for i i just i say that i'm straight Mm -hmm. and uh recently there are some apps that are like you can put your sexuality too and some of them do offer asexuality which is great only some of them yeah that's insane yeah i mean i think i think people are still working on yes asexuality be like recognizing it as a real sexuality how do you feel about bojack horseman have you watched oh my god i cried yeah i fucking cried when i saw that episode i was just like thank god like, I oh feel my, like that's was, probably the first way a lot of people have maybe even heard of asexuality. Yeah. Yeah. I, people are, it's funny because, you know, if I say asexuality, some people are like, oh, like, um, what's Whatever his name? His name Todd. Todd. Like yeah. Todd. I'm like, yeah, like Todd. <laughs> Go watch more Bojack. And like, uh, yeah. Yolanda. She's yeah. also ace. Yeah. Uh, I love Yolanda. She's yeah. hilarious. Um, but, you know, it's like, as we have, as a society worked through the stereotypes of queers all around, there's, we have to kind of work through the stereotypes of asexuals, which is, oh my, like, just, you know, the usual, like, oh, so you're like a plant, uh, you know, does that mean that Like a, sorry, what? Like like a a plant. That's what people say to you? Sometimes, yeah, it's like, they just... That's really weird and fucked up. I know, it's like... okay, you remember your seventh grade science class. Congratulations. But no, I'm a human being. Thanks for asking. (laughs) 
That's I don't know. Insane. Or like the starfish, I think, yeah. also is like the asexual thing. You're like, I no, know. I yeah. can't divide myself to procreate. Unless you're going to sit here and make a SpongeBob joke about it, I don't want to fucking hear it. <laughs> like, you come up to me and ask me if I reproduce by budding, I will say yes. <laughs> and I'll ask if you want to go out sometime. <laughs> because that's my I, standard. I love that. Tell me if this is a rude question. To oh, boy. Ask. Okay. Do you dream of going out with another asexual partner? Yeah, I'd be down with that. Like, cer- certainly be down with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I assuming think- you guys are, what needs to be in place to feel attraction? Like, personality, still looks. Oh, my God, yeah. Looks like going along. It, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> going along with the uh, I mean, dating here's the thing. thing. I ask because, for me, looks don't factor uh-huh. very much. Like, mm-hmm. to, the, to the point where I have said this, but, like, people are just like, hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so cute. I love this. And they're like, uh-huh. and I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. I like. <laughs> so, um, you know, everyone has their things. Yeah. It's like looks get me initially interested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the personality is the deal breaker. Yeah. Um, or deal maker. Yes. But usually deal breaker. <laughs> yeah, usually. <laughs> um, that's the thing that I've noticed about dating apps. Like, I've tried them. I've I've gone on a couple dates. I've matched with people, blah, blah, blah. Um, Do you put... I'm assuming you're on the app that says where you can label your sexuality. If not, do you put it in oh, yes. the writing? You talk about it, it beforehand? I put everything out there. Okay. I, I love want that. To, I do, too. Yeah, I want to feel like... Like, because I want to meet somebody that is interested in me and I'm interested in them and maybe I'm thinking about this too deep and it's a dating app and no. it's not a big deal I don't know I don't know but um, I think you're not I yeah I put it all out there because I care about somebody being interested in meeting me and I want mm-hmm. them to truly know what I like and who I am as a person yeah and I want the same thing of other people like if somebody's cute but they have nothing in their bio i'm not gonna swipe on you agree like yeah. i don't you're also, not telling like, me jack you're shit. lazy and that means i'm gonna have to do all the work exactly and you're not like, gonna come up with ideas for fun dates or anything yeah so yeah. you know i appreciate whenever there's the whole bio and i put all that out there i am not ashamed of putting out my nerd shit because Great. it's a huge fucking part of me and it's really yeah. important. And, and you want to have a partner that is into that too. Oh, so yeah. you can like go to conventions like together. Oh my God. Yeah. We started on like couple cosplaying and stuff. Yeah. I want to do that so bad. Uh, I look forward to that. Dream couple cosplay. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, right now. I, okay. We just watched Howl's Moving Castle the other day. <gasps> love. Fucking cute movie. So also Christian love. Bale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the heck? Yeah. Um, also, also, Josh Hutcherson. Did you know he was in it? He who is he? Josh Hutcherson. He no, was, in the in the oh, movie. Oh, he's Markle. The he boy. is. Yeah, this came, movie came out in two thousand four. He was a oh little boy. Oh my god. Okay, so so I watched that movie with my first ever boyfriend when I was twenty two, and mm. I was like, wait a second, I have this book. Like, because I think it's like Diana Wynne Jones book, mm-hmm. and it, like I grew up reading a ton of fantasy, and then I like found it in my book collection later, and I was like, <gasps> it's so much fun. It's like, and cosplay is kind of like, you know. I feel like if I became more of a sexual person, I'd probably be into role play mm. because I feel like I become a different person. And yeah. sometimes my issues with Maddie yeah. aren't there when I'm a different character. Uh, I heavily relate to that. <laughs> yeah. And for, me, and for me, and I haven't done a lot of like specific dress up role play a little bit. And it's, mm-hmm. I have a nice time dressing up. I, my early experiences were with partners where it was like, oh, this is weird. And I'm just like, <laughs> if you, 
if you can't actually be in it, then it's like for me really hard. Like mm-hmm. when I was like doing the thing and the person's like, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. well, okay. Yeah, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. You know, yeah, like, well, I'm literally. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but for me, the thing that was so delicious about being with my master is I felt such attention and care and connectedness, which just gave me a space to completely relax, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm. In a new space where I'm like, mm, do I need to get beaten? I don't know. Do I need, you know, what kind of affection do I need? I don't know. I like a lot of touch. No one's going to touch me as much as I want to be touched. You know, like those are kind of the things going through my head. But mm-hmm. um, role play sounds like a really fun exploration. Yeah, I feel like I'd probably I'd probably be doing the nerd role play a lot. Yeah. And I'd be down to like, you know, be his character that his his like yeah. his fantasy character if he wanted me to and like do my research for him because like i i put i feel like i you know i've only been in one relationship but i feel like i just i kind of know yeah. that i put a lot of work into the person yeah. i care about and i've only yeah. had crushes and i totally i put work into making them feel happy and surprising them and making them feel special. And it's so important to me that they feel special and that I care about them. And what I'm hearing, if I'm understanding correctly, is there is like an energy that that creates. Like like the interpersonal energy. Mm -hmm, Yeah. I I love the, I love having crushes. (laughs) It's, I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's just like when I was in high school and I liked that guy. Oh, I hate to say it, but it like, he made me excited to go to school and high school sucked. Um, I completely relate to that. Even literally right now as I'm trying to text people, like I'm trying to text cutie pie crushes. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. I'm leading with sex because I don't know how else to date because I'm terrified Mm -hmm. because I have been rejected for so many other reasons. But I'm like, well, I know people think I'm sexy. So I'll just start there. And also, I know, which is like, uh, and so no, I related to you, and but I have a completely different reaction. Ooh, what's to yours? Thinking, what? Yeah. Well, yeah, yours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Like, it, and for me, it's a weird security blanket. Yeah, because I because I at least even if the sex is disappointing or mediocre, mm-hmm. I'm at least like enjoying touches. Like that's right. a thing that I get now. That doesn't mean it's a satisfying experience, mm-hmm. but it means it's something that's familiar that I'm comfortable enough with but also currently in this space as a 30 year old woman being like are these boundaries too wide is this real do I really like this yeah you know and so I'm constantly checking in and I'm like no I think I do like I think I'm pretty horny I think I'm pretty good but then there's (laughs) there are these little voices in the back of my brain lately that are like do you really like being used or are you settling for this because you Mm -hmm. don't think you can do better right you know, and, and I I know that I'm resilient enough that I can, like, keep fucking people and figure that out. And if it changes or if I need something different in a different moment, I know I can shift that. And I know there is a lot of fear mixed up in feeling desired mm-hmm, and feeling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wanted and wondering if it's only related to my body. And as I age, what will that do? And do mm-hmm. I have value outside of my sexual self and all of that? So right. um, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> This is the dark hole I've gone <laughs> I down. I know. Why do we keep going into holes? I mean, I'm sorry to come on here and talk no. about asexuality and bring you into a hole. No, 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 no. I think it needs to be talked about. And also, I think, like, we're shining flashlights into the holes mm-hmm. to be like, what, what is down there? Mm-hmm. Can I ask you about your current 
sexual relationship with yourself? Mm. Do you masturbate regularly or is it like a kind chore? Of, I mean, or? it depends. Um, while I'm on my period, I usually don't unless I'm in the shower. I don't. Um, I, I get less. How do you say less cumable? That's not the way to say it. <laughs> I get less ability. I'll put that on a shirt. I <laughs> I'm less a tougher cum when yeah. I'm when I'm on Your lady time. Your sex drive is lower, right? Or some people it gets jacked up. Some right. people can't. But for me, I'll get really horny, but like I cannot orgasm right okay and it's like really annoying yeah um it becomes more of a chore it's it's or... like just hard to actually do for me mm-hmm. so like last night and i didn't realize this is so weird i had a dream about being on my period and having cramps and then i woke mm-hmm. up and started my period that but like an hour later sucks. yeah and i was like what the fuck I hate um that. but i was going to bed last night and was like trying to masturbate because i was feeling horny but also tired and then i was like oh this is really hard and i was like using the magic wand and i was like this is still hard what is happening damn and now I'm like, oh, it's because I was about to start my period. But yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, <laughs> this is <a> sexist conversation. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't. I more and more recently, I don't mind talking about periods because mm-hmm. I don't think it should be something we mind talking about. Oh no, no, no! It's literally yeah. well, just like eating. Like it is. We it's need a regular to thing. Do it. Also, yeah. like touch me when I'm on my period, people. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to kill you. It I will promise not kill it's you. not going to poison you. I mean, it's harder to make me orgasm, but that's all. Like, yeah, you know, impress me. Not I impossible. Guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> super duper not impossible. Just takes a little effort. So, how do you decide like when to touch yourself? Um, what's the word I'm looking for now? Um, uh, convenience mm-hmm. and ninety mm-hmm. percent of the time, my roommates are not home. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to risk anything. That's been like a what f- noise? What do you mean? Mm, I don't want to risk them knowing I'm doing it, mm. or even accidentally walking in, or something like that. Got it. That's always been a fear. Yeah. Like since I started, I've been mortified that I'd be walked in on. Oh really? Yes. How come? Shame. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Mm-hmm. I, how do mm-hmm. how do you explain that? I mean, like I don't know. I've either lived with my family, or I've lived with, you know, people in dorms that I may not know super, super well yet, you know? And it's just like, I don't really know how to explain that to people. Me and I did have a roommate. We had a really like healthy, like, hey, if you're, I'll let you know when I'm coming home, I'm going to knock on the door, give you a minute. Yeah. And then I'm going to open the door so that, you know, if you're doing something, then you have your, your second. Yeah. Uh, Or sometimes like I would text my roommate and be like, hey, how's it going? And they'd be like, you just give me like maybe five, ten more minutes. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll totally. just hang out out here. It's fine. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I appreciated having that relationship with my friend. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, usually most of the time they're not home. Mm-hmm. But every once in a great while, like if it's really late and I think like they're asleep, you know, I can be I can be quiet. Mm-hmm. I can get that done usually and usually nine times out of ten i will follow through even if it takes a while yeah yeah so i won't just like say oh it's taking too long i give up i give up yeah i I, I mean sometimes i do sometimes i'm like you know i wasn't feeling this in the first place i'm just bored (laughs) for me it's happened a lot more often since my relationship with my master ended because Mm -hmm. like if i'm very honest i just get too sad sometimes Mm -hmm. and then i'm like well this isn't gonna happen and like it's and this is, again, just a recent, I'm not saying this is the way it should be. I used to be very resilient and was just like, no, 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 I got this. Mm-hmm. And lately it's just been like, particularly if I'm very high, yeah, I'll be like, I just can't. Really? Yeah. I'm more sensitive when I'm high. Mine 
sometimes yes, mm-hmm. sometimes no. Initially, when I started smoking or eating an edible, I was like zero. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm just like, I want you to touch me, but I don't really care about any sort of arousal, like mm-hmm. any sort of sexual arousal. Now I'm sort of medium, but again, if I'm by myself and I'm tired, I'll give up. Yeah, with me in a in a safe environment, in a guaranteed safe environment, if I've if I've smoked and I'm high, yeah. I usually get more mm, interested. That's in, great. To yeah, know. and I end up thinking like, ugh, I got into K-pop like a couple years ago, and they're like basically like, ugh, are they even real? They're, it's like they're so attractive. That's so it's true. So frustrating. They all have such good like bone oh structure God. and haircuts and like oh, yeah. I can't even begin. Uh, anyway, so I feel like that's just kind of like it's been the gas. Mm. The gas got turned up a little bit on that one, and especially recently, I got into a band and I found there was one of the the band members. I was like, why is he? so incredibly hot to me mm, and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, yeah i don't know how to say i see whenever i like i starts getting towards that place i yeah. don't know how to talk i i i hear you and you know? that is why this podcast exists because words are hard especially when they're trying to describe feelings and that's why i do ask a mm-hmm. lot of questions that don't necessarily have it hits the gray answers area, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you're like well that's a feeling and i'm like i know but if you could articulate you know yeah can I ask a question about what it feels like to wait? Can I tell people that you came to the nude shoot? Mm-hmm. I'd like to know what your relationship with nudity and being nude is, and looking at other nude people. I'm much more okay looking at nude people than I am being nude in front of anybody. <gasps> I don't even think I. But you were nude in front of us. I know. Topless. I know. Oh my god. That was the first time I've done that. I know of, you said that. Yeah. But will you tell us a little bit about what that felt like for you? Um, it was uh, exposed. But you seemed it, very. But it, the thing was, also it was, just to paint the picture for our listeners, <laughs> Maddie walked in the door. I I think I had a corset on or something. Yeah. And I'm taking pictures of lots of the tits scantily were out. clad yeah, ladies. Everybody else's tits yeah. were out. And I was like. Come on. And I was sort of in like machine shooting mode. Not shooting. Like not machine. That sounds like a machine gun. I was sort of like, we must take as many pictures as possible in our two hours that I have rented Set this Set the timer. Space. Yeah. Restart I mean, it. Literally. Quick. That is how I was. So I was like, come in. Take off your clothes. Whatever you want. What do you want to do? You want to sit on the switch? Okay. And I'm just like shouting. I, and so mm-hmm. I like, you said that, but I don't think I really clocked it until mm-hmm. much later. And you were like, this is the first time. I, and I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. So tell our listeners how that felt. It was very vulnerable and exposed, but I feel like here's the thing: like, it's like I was put on a scale, and I could go, I, I could make this a negative or a positive experience, mm. and I chose. I felt that I was safe, and I also kind of made a conscious effort that it was a positive thing, mm. as opposed to judging my body and making it a negative thing. Yeah. So I feel like because of that, it was a good experience. Is it something you think you would do again in yeah. a similar? safely held space yeah excellent i (laughs) noted because i want to plan more of those good (laughs) um but that reminds me of the burlesque show (gasps) yes go on please (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i was and it's funny no it's not funny but you mentioned the last podcast you had somebody who worked at a sex shop and they Mm -hmm. were underage and Mm -hmm. you're like i don't think that's legal yeah um when I was cast in this show, 
I was 17. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, but by they their logic was by the time the show goes up, you'll be eighteen, and I was like, okay, "Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's true. I hear that. <laughs> I mean, I hear that." To be honest, though, it is kind of a skeevy thing. It's a, it's very skeevy. Yeah, but anyway, I don't know why I did it. I think a lot of my friends were doing it, and I was just curious. Mm-hmm. But this is funny because this was seventeen-year-old Maddie, which was, was vulnerable, unsure, like confused, unsure. Just like innocent, just yeah. like uh, very easily flustered. Like my friends that know me now know that I can get flustered very easily, and that usually shows in my face mm-hmm. because I get really, 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 really red. Uh, like my whole face just yeah, becomes a yeah. cherry. Yeah, you know, I just sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to deal with this. But yeah. when I was young, it was even more dramatic. You know, because I was a teenager. Totally, I would get flustered very easily. And I did, like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like, I went up there and, like, improv. Like, they just wanted me to improv, like, a sexy dance, I think. I don't oh even know. God. Yeah, and then I think we also improv, like, a scene where I was supposed to be getting somebody away from a ledge. Um, which was very odd, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> this was my audition for a burlesque performance. This, yeah, this is um, this is like bizarre theater shit. Like, yeah, but I ended up being cast. <laughs> totally. And if any of you are freaking nerds out there, and you know Utano Prince Sama, I was cast as Haruka, who is the main girl in a reverse harem anime. Which do you know what reverse that means? harem? Yes. Like my one of my fantasies. Really? Is it what I think it is? Where where one a- girl, many guys. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. It was a like, reverse harem anime. I want to have a reverse harem that turns into a gangbang. Is that awesome? I mean, like, I'm curious about what that would be like. Yeah, I mean, you know, we only live, we, we live for so long. I don't know, know that as long I'm as you're being safe, gonna organize it, but like, it's a thought in my brain. Fuck yeah, man. I mean, I, it sounds fun for you. <laughs> I, I, and I'm, I'm imagining a whole like tent cushions pedestal sensual someone feeds me grapes like that's what happens in a hair maybe they maybe they all bathe me in a footsie tub i get many massages you know like there's slow build up there are like so many things Mm -hmm. i don't know and then and then we get nasty i don't know that's fucking fancy man anyway (laughs) i don't know fantasy's popping into my brain yeah okay no it's fine i feel you so it was a reverse harem scene uh it was well again it was Fan fiction. That's, so, yeah, like, we yeah. just, the, it was a made up scene. Okay. Um, and it was like the point of the show, I think. I don't really remember it that well because I didn't really like the anime that much. Mm-hmm, Sorry, mm-hmm, guys. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But, um, the whole thing was that they were kind of like an idol. Like, they went to an idol school. It was really anime. And, like, these guys were like idols, like singing idols. And, oh. um, they performed for their schools. It was very weird. Okay. But, um, and this girl was the music, the, she was the composer and she, and stuff like that. And, you know, all these guys were like, I have a crush on you, but I have a crush on you, but I yeah, have yeah, a crush yeah. on you. Yeah. And that was the premise of it. And the whole thing was, it was after their performance. And I'm like, you guys did great. You did amazing. Oh my God. And they're like, now we have a special performance for you. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> was it the type of burlesque? Because I know there are different types where they get <laughs> naked. Um, or like not strip naked, a little naked. bit. Yeah, no, they just but down it's like to like some skivvies. To un- mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, so I had some lingerie 
and they were in like boxers that were the same color as their characters because like, oh the characters God. have of like course. costumes that yeah. ha- they all have their like colors. You know, here's the pink one, here's the red one. Yeah, he's sassy, and <laughs> um, yeah, like there was parts where they helped me take like the dress off and. Um, I had like a solo for a second where I was like, you know, doing my thing. And, wow. How was that for you? Um, oh my God, it was mortifying. Yeah. <laughs> it was so scary, but I'm glad I did it. Cool. Yeah. I stepped way out of my comfort zone yeah. for that. That's, I mean. Um, yeah. During yeah. dress rehearsal, when we stripped in front of people for the first time, I had to tell myself repeatedly, I had to scream in my head that I was in my bathing suit. Mm. And that's what that's what kept me from freaking out a little bit. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just in bra and undies. Yeah. And like thigh high socks. Isn't it amazing how that does make a difference? Yeah. Underwear versus swimsuit, even yeah. though it, you know, even if it's the same amount mm-hmm. or sometimes swimsuits can be less clothing. Yeah. And than- I've I've read that it's because a bathing suit is what you've consented to yes. be seen in yep. in public. Yep. And that makes sense to me. Yeah. Because underwear is just like a it's a personal thing. And you either show it to somebody you decided to show it to, or it's something you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's why whenever people are like, you wear wear a bikini, you know, just douchey dudes that are like, no, go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's a different thing. I have a question for you. Okay. My knowledge around representation of ace humans in the media is small. Like, I have never seen Mm -hmm. anything outside of BoJack Horseman. Mm -hmm. What would you hope to see in the media on TV shows, specifically narrative film or television? Like, what would you love to see character-wise? I'd love to see a character that starts Ace and stays Ace, you know? Yeah. One that starts the series as, yeah, not interested, you know, blah, blah. And by the end, they don't have, like, this girl that has changed, or this guy that has changed their life, and suddenly they're like, well, let's make out and have sex now. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they didn't namely all right, I'm going to do this very carefully. But when they made Riverdale, Mm -hmm. I didn't read the comics, but I just heard a lot of, you know, (sighs) journals and like, you know, reports and stuff and articles that Jughead kind of presents as an ace character in the comics. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't seem very interested in girls. I don't know if he dated somebody in the comic. You can still date as an ace, mm-hmm. but, you know, that he, it, sex and, like, that culture didn't concern him as much as it did, like, with Archie or something. Mm-hmm. So he was really, he kind of seemed like he was presenting an, as an asexual character. And once they, you know, I mean, Riverdale is nothing like the, the, the original comics. Right. But it was, it sucked that there's this character that was, supposedly had ace characteristics or at least something that an asexual could like connect with. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the series, they just kind of said, nah, you know, sex sells. And he almost ended up fucking uh, Betty. Yeah. And I was like, that turned me off for the whole series after that. That makes total sense. Because, you know, that's what I, it's, it, Completely, that's what it taught me growing up was that there's some, there's me some magical fucking person that suddenly turns it on for me. And that's not how it fucking is. Yeah. At all. How is it also just consuming all media? So I get really annoyed by jealousy Mm storylines. There are so many storylines that hinge upon jealousy and love triangles and betrayal because you cheated on me. And like people fucking cheat on each other 
all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's great. I think we should keep the agreements we make, but like maybe we re-examine those agreements. So how is it experiencing media that just revolves around sex all the time? It hurts. And it yeah. kind of kind of put me in the mindset that I was a broken person yeah. for a year and that I wouldn't find anybody because it's it's so like you said, this society it's so important and sex is like sex sells you see it everywhere it's like it's it's like it's almost subconscious sometimes like you don't realize that's what it's about but it is about sex oh yeah and it's it it just kind of it blows that you know either you know you have this meaningful relationship and it all it might usually it'll come down to sex or if it'll in you know if it's a deal breaker then that just that relationship falls apart and that does Mm -hmm. happen sometimes Mm -hmm. but It'd be nice to see relationships, romantic or not, that don't need sex because that's definitely a thing that's real. And I haven't – it's almost like it's a myth to me. Yeah. And I – you know, when people say, oh, yeah, I have a friend that's asexual and, you know, they're engaged. I'm like, is that a – did you make that up? (laughs) Yeah. Is that real? Yeah. Are you sure? Like, what are you not telling me here? Yeah. Um, and also, how did it happen then? Yeah, sign me up. They're they're ace matchmaker. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely like to see overall more representation of that. Would be nice because, thankfully, in like you know kids' media, they they have a lot more. They're working on queer representation, like yeah. in these kids' cartoons totally. and such. I, you're seeing a lot more of it than you did ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to keep going. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, okay, great. There's your lesbians. Are you happy now? No, we want to see everybody re- represented, yeah. not just, you know, straight people or Fuck whatever. Yeah. Because I think that's important for a little kid. Like, if I had that growing up, maybe I wouldn't have thought so nasty about myself. Yeah, of course. And I would hate for, you know, it sucks to think that there are kids that are probably going to, that, that do, or are probably going to go through that. Mm-hmm. You know, and have to kind of, they feel like they're alone in it. Hopefully they can find this episode Mm -hmm. and listen to it. Yeah. (laughs) That's my hope. Is there anything else you want to share about your sexuality? Well, here's an interesting little tidbit. Recently, I've been having sex dreams. (gasps) Tell me more. Yeah. Because this has been one of my new questions. (laughs) It's very questionable. Yeah. What are they like? uh, It's actually, it's, they've developed Oddly enough, and yeah. this only de- it, the biggest, the most recent development was this week actually. But I've had a few sex dreams in the past, and it's always like, well, that was out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I wake up and I'm like, well, I don't feel any different, even though it happened in my own brain. Yeah. But it started off as like, I had no idea who the person was. Like, I didn't know this person in real life. Yeah. I can't even remember her face. It was a really generic, like, dude. You know, I don't even know. And then most recently, it was I had a I had a sex dream, and it was somebody from a very very long time ago hmm. that uh, may or may not have had some kind of influence on my sexuality hmm. in a negative sense. Okay, but it wasn't their fault. Like we were children, it was like the same age kind of thing, and it was like well, that's a whole story. Yeah. And it was like, it was him that I was. Whoa. Yeah. So that was really, I woke up and I was like, that's really backwards. What was the feeling around it when you woke up? You don't need to share the backstory, but. Yeah, it was, I was just a little confused, but like, 
at the same time, like in the dream, it was great. It felt good. Mm -hmm. And I still remember that feeling when I woke up, Mm. you know, like the good feeling. And it was less like a confused, negative, what the fuck is wrong with my head feeling? Mm. And just like a, all right, shit, I guess that happened. Hmm. But it was funny because it was the first time I recognized who I was screwing in the dream as opposed to some generic guy. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what that means. But Wild. Yeah, developments. Do you have orgasms in the sex dreams? Are there are there any physical feelings in the dreams? Yep. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, it's like, I don't even know if you can call me having kinks, but I definitely, there are things that I'm like, that's nice. Like what? Can you share? I feel so embarrassed. <laughs> you don't need to share it. If, if- no, I. It's it's fine. It's like a really normal thing. I just feel... S- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. Um, but like, and even the book brings it up too, is the difference, the thin line between pain and pleasure uh-huh. is the look of somebody just kind of maybe, I, I swear I'm not like a, uh, what do you call it? A sadist I, entirely. I don't think. Yeah. I don't know. Like I haven't experienced anything. But Are, just, Do you mean like looking at someone receiving pain? <sighs> yes. Yeah. And, like, the noises they make. Mm. Um, I love that because I, as a submissive who enjoys pain, I get really freaked out. Because, like, in person, I have had one experience up close and personal, like, watching some pretty intense beatings that I knew she mm -hmm. was very into. And Mm -hmm. I just remember, like, sitting there feeling so alarmed and, like, thinking, like, well... I know that I enjoy that. I know she has her safe words. I know she fucking right. loves what's happening. And this is so alarming. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, <laughs> it's not like if someone, the thing is like, there's a line where like, if somebody is genuinely like not enjoying it. That's and they're what not, safe words are exactly. for though. Like, like it's, it's okay to enjoy that. breaks their arm and they're like in pain or they're that's bleeding everywhere. I'm like, you need thing. to go to the hospital and I'm not turned on. <laughs> no, that's a different thing. No, But it's when like, like there's a boy with a bloody lip and a nosebleed, I'm like, that's to look at you know and like it's so obvious like that that was a thing yeah because i drew it like growing up a little bit like i would draw the bruises sometimes i draw the hickeys and like the the nosebleeds and the the bloody lips and the the knuckles and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i was like it's, it was funny. I realized that when I watched, like, like I got into a video game. Yeah. And, like, the video game involved, like, comedic war. I don't know if you can – it's hard. When I say it like that, it sounds like, how can you have comedic war? But it's, like, it's, it's a Makes stupid game. Makes sense in the context yeah, of the game. Yeah, it really okay. does. Okay, okay. Like, this favorite character I had, like, got beat up or something, and I was, like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow, I felt that, like, yeah. in my guts. And That's that was wild. Yeah, like – I, th- I feel like I'm just discovering these new things about myself through my fandoms and through my characters. Yeah. What a mess. Fuck yeah. hmm But great. Yeah. And like, hooray for the exploration. Yeah. You know? Because I, I know from talking to people that there are a lot of people who have not explored things because of shame, because of fear, because mm-hmm. it's different from the cultural norm. And it sounds like you're doing it in a way that is thoughtful and sounds healthy and it sounds safe yeah just you know like i'm starting the thing difference is i'm starting to allow myself yeah and not you know not shame myself for being curious and 
um, let myself know that it's normal mm-hmm. to question and to enjoy things. Um, and I'm also trying to teach myself that even if I have the, like, sometimes I have that freeze response that it's not always, that's not the end game. Yeah. If I get into something, I can get myself out of it. Even if in the past I've had issues with it, Yeah. you know, um, I have the strength to protect myself. Yeah. Which is like one of the scary things about me not doing anything is I don't think I can protect myself because I haven't because I get scared and all of that happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going somewhere. We're in the gray area. But again, my sexuality is not all asexuality. You know, I'm not, you know, what you, what you see is what you get. I'm not, my biggest fear is that people think that I'm like parading around as this innocent asexual and like on the, like at home, I have this kinky BDSM, like in, like I'm just hiding something from people Mm, because mm. I want to seem pure, but that's, it's truly, and not in a, you know, asexuals aren't like that. It's Mm. not that they want to feel special or they want to seem pure or innocent or like they're better than you for not having sex. It's that they don't feel. Yeah that sexual attraction and just because it's different from you and you feel those sexual feelings doesn't mean that they're covering them up or they're making it up you know as princess bubblegum said (laughs) in adventure time (laughs) people get built differently we don't gotta fix it we just gotta understand it yes oh my god that is so beautiful thanks adventure time (laughs) fuck yeah adventure time Okay, you just said some brilliant things, but if you could go back in time and give mm-hmm. younger you a piece of sex advice, what age would you pick and what would you say? Oh, my Lord. I know. I would, in that mm, in that year, I think that I was, hmm, wow, I would go back a few times. <laughs> yeah, you can say a couple. I rarely have one answer for questions like these. I'm like, well, in this context, and this one, and this one. Mm -hmm. I think I would tell myself that it's not black and white. Because in my brain, it was black and white for a really, really, really long time. Yeah. And it's, you know, the the gay flag is a rainbow for a reason. Mm. Um, God, you are dropping gems. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. But I think if I understand that I don't have to fit into what everybody else is doing, then that's okay. And it doesn't make me broken or alone forever. I also tell myself that sexuality is fluid and I, it can change yeah. as I age. Yeah. Or depending on circumstance. Like, I don't have to fit a mold. I don't have to play by rules. You know, life is not playing by rules, honestly. Yeah. So. Do you want to ask me a sex question? Well, I don't know. I guess I don't have a question as much as just a thank you mm-hmm. for destigmatizing all that you have. Like, there's shit that's been said in this podcast that I'm like, I am so glad I'm just hearing this. Me too. Um, because, you know, even if I don't share some things about myself, just knowing that there's other people out there that feel the same way and they think about the same things or they think the same weird things are sexy and yeah 
it's just another part of you that doesn't you don't have to have shame for you know like sex and sexuality isn't this special thing that you should be ashamed of mm-hmm. it's just another part of being human that yeah should and can be talked about and if you say something about anal or about you know toys and people peeing in my mouth yeah then it's like just that's fine there's nothing wrong with it as long as you're being safe yeah yeah and you're enjoying yourself oh thank you i also just think so much energy gets so i prioritize efficiency i love efficiency i love it when things are efficient because there's so much stuff I want to do. And I think my relationship with shame is, oh my God, look how much energy I'm wasting on that. Mm, mm-hmm. And there's some part of my brain that that frame helps me work through my shamiest bits. It's not like I've conquered it, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're, on, you're working through it. It's a work in progress. Yeah. And I also think it takes community. And I think we're building that. And so that's, I think, just one of the most beautiful things. La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. Do you want people to be able to find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, sure. My Instagram is... <laughs> Maddie's Instagram is now at Bishibelle. That's at symbol B-I-S-H-I-B-E-L-L-E.